This is the story of Marshall Kennedy at Marshall Kennedy during his 7th and 8th grade year. Yeah, okay, I get a man, say less. When'd you start talking and pray less? I'm not doing good, I'm a stray mess. But God doing way more, way less. My parents have always been divorced. And it stinks. I had fine friends at both parents, not being able to show up, but feels like 90% of friends' events. And listen now, before you go nuts and crazy, during my time as a Lakeview elementary student, I had a great time. I had plenty of friends. I could hang out with them until just then the moving van popped up. And I looked to the left and see my mom. And I looked to the right and see my dad bringing a box to the van. And that's just what I didn't think about it, but it would take my life away. As a student at Beck Elementary, I had not many friends because they had already established their groups. I honestly didn't really try that much in school, however, I did make good grades. When I transferred to Medlin, I didn't really change that much, and I stayed the same kid uh, by myself at lunch and went home to go to bed. Throughout the first of my seventh grade year, I continued to come to school, looking at the council office, waiting for the day, and I gathered the strength to go all out, out in there and pour myself into them. As I went through the basketball season, I never did it. And when I, when I, and I used to love the sport of football. However, I had not been able to do it because of my recent concussions. After this, I never felt any more love for any other sport until one day I looked into the office and I felt a sudden urge to enter their domain. Even though I missed the very last game of our season against our rivals, I didn't really mind. However, when we entered the counselor's office, I never felt connected to the counselor, but since my parents felt they were improving, I never expressed that. After that summer, we ended going to counseling, and I continued to have these thoughts until I expressed again my thoughts that I had after 8th grade basketball. Although this is time, it felt as though my parents didn't really take me seriously. After a few days, I was served my punishment for acting disrespectful in art class, and I attempted to run away. I grabbed my bike, and I got about two miles until I caught, thought, I can't do this. However, after that day, I continued these happy thoughts. I spent time laying in my room contemplating my plan. I became completely devoured in sin, arguing with my parents and not honoring the Lord. That Thursday was the night that I decided to put my plan into action. Because when we were a small group, that night we were sharing our testimonies. When I was about to go, my turn, my dad came charging in, ranting about how we were disrespecting him and his time. When we got into the car, he said, you're not going to your dumb church group this weekend. In that moment, I had the made decision to run. However, the Lord had different plans for me. I heard a slight whisper in my head repeating, don't let do it, he'll let you go. For the next day, after my long, grueling day at school, I got into the car with my dad and he said, I'm only going to let you go to your thing this weekend because I don't want you at our house. That statement made me think of this, quote, The depth of love for the parents of their children cannot be measured. It is like no other relationship. It exceeds concern for life itself. The love for a, of a parent for a child is continuous and transcends the heartbreak and disappointment. This quote was by James E. Faust, and it was engraved in my mind for the entire hour and a half bus ride. When we con got to camp, I realized no one else here knows anything. I can be free. I can go do things without having that dread of sin. However, every single message spoke to me. During the last lesson, when asked about my thoughts, I conceded in them, pouring all of my problems into them, and as it turns out, everyone has problems. And in fact, a few of the kids in the bunk actually had problems with this as well. Not as direct, but they felt as though it was their duty to help others never get into that situation. I was given a mass amount of verses for my thoughts, including Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Another one was Titus 3.10. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. And Matthew 28.19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was when I realized that I was missing out on the Lord's greatness. I didn't want others to feel the same as an op- the f- same as I did. I was missing out on God's greatness because I was only hanging out. With, not only was I hanging out with the wrong cloud, but I was completely ignoring Him. One of the great lessons that Pastor Jesse Wagner from Milestone Church taught was: every time that you look at anything, you have a suicidal thought. Every time you believe in the devil's lies, you're adding another brick to the stronghold, making it much harder to break through. After you built this wall of terrible things, you need to use the word of God to break your chains. So therefore, I went and spread the word of God to my school. I invited everyone, as, m- as many people as I could, to elevate to my church. You can start with this verse, 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to, to devour. And remember, no one is perfect. You will mess up. But don't let that bird land on you and ne- nest. Don't let that thought process. Try not to let it land. But if it does, shoot away before you have a whole stronghold in front of you. you feel like you can't change. I know you think it'll always be the same. I wanna be full of potential again. But I ain't done.